Trendy is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, must be 21 years or older. Welcome back to another edition of Trendy. This time, after doing an all-soccer edition yesterday, we are talking hoops today. We have no score to report because the soccer games aren't kicking off for another couple hours, but it doesn't matter. I assume as hot as Brett has been in football picks, as hot as he's been in soccer picks, and I'm sure as hot as he's going to be in in hoops picks, he's going to beat me anyway, just assume so. Isn't that right, Brett? Uh, Wait, am I? I'm I'm like one win behind you in our NFL picks pool right now, right? Yeah, I've completely bottomed out. I've gone from 30 games over 500 to I think I took uh, 18 under the last two weeks combined, allowing even (laughs) the likes of you to catch up. But we'll talk about that more tomorrow because I want to know how you're doing it and how I can correct my skid. Today, though, on the NBA, I think we're going to do mostly NBA. I mean, we'd love to do some college talk, but there's not a lot of college action that's been posted right now. I mean, there's only the Virginia line. And as always with Virginia, blindly bet the under. Uh, So we'll get into a lot more college talk the next time you're on. But I haven't had you on in a little while to talk about the NBA, which is one of your true passions. I've been lucky enough to do it with Gunnels and some of our other guests, but not you. So I want to open up the floor to you at the top of the show. What are some of your genuine general impressions of the season thus far? Uh, It's just a lot of like open-ended questions, really, right? Like we've had a a few crazy storylines that have kind of cropped up, especially in the last couple of weeks here or last month. You know, one, we know the Celtics are good. Like, I don't think that's uh, something that we question, but it's like, is Porzingis going to be available for him when they need him most? Like, is he going to stay healthy? Right. Like that's always been the thing with Porzingis. He's clearly been the, the, the player that's taken them to that other level in that trade. But it's like they're you're rolling the it's like PSG with Neymar um, for any for anybody who stayed with us through a trendy say crossover episode. Um, you're always rolling the dice. You know, I actually it, got emails about that episode. I got emails saying that people liked it. So thank you very much yeah. out there for getting into soccer, getting into the beautiful game, and uh, enjoying that episode of Trendy. So awesome. shove it, Brett. Awesome, awesome. I I have to re, I have to change the title of the episode, um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so I think that's one that that's going to be interesting to me. Um, that you know, we we've talked about this, and I'm going to clear out space for you, so I'm going to actually move them to last. But I'll move to my next thing. Is I kind of thought the Harden trade for the Clippers was like the last gasp of a kind of a dying um, like core here, and they're eight and two in their last ten, and Harden looks like completely rejuvenated. I don't, I'm not saying he's like peak Houston Harden anymore. He, he's certainly a different player then. But I mean, I definitely was like, this is just this team is just going to bottom out right here with this trade um and then john morant comes back grizzlies win four in a row uh you know is this going to be a thing where they can make up he has enough time where they can make up ground and they can get into the play-in games and it's like are the grizzlies going to make a play-in game and then cause some some problems in the playoffs um for somebody well, i right? don't know so hold on Let, let's pause there for a second on the grizzlies like it's awesome they've won four in a row and uh i think it's amazing the jaws back in the league but then i i don't spend hardly any time on social media whatsoever and then the moment i do there's just a cutout shot of jaw like doing fake fake gun points into the crowd 
after a dunk. Are we actually sure this guy is going to play the rest of the season? Not because of injury, but because he's not going to get suspended again. And I'm not even saying he's going to have another gun incident off the court. If he continues to rub the NBA's face in it on the court, is there going to be another suspension coming since it becomes clear that he didn't really get the message the first time around? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there is the overwhelming sentiment that he's not getting the message. I can't remember if it was like Baxter Holmes or one of the big ESPN reporters had that big story about the second time he got suspended about some of the kind of concerning trends and whether or not there's a real sense of um, guilt or, you know, kind of push to change from him. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a that's a real thing. I mean, it's definitely I mean, it, it kind of makes the Grizzlies a storyline still is like John Morant versus the league. <laughs> is he going to is he going to continue playing in the NBA if he keeps trying to do as you very succinctly and correctly pointed out, rub the NBA's face in the suspension yeah, that's the off the court stuff? That's the point. Like, I'm not asking yeah. him to wear the hair sh- hair shirt. I'm not a Puritan, like, asking him to cover his ankles or anything like that. But the very thing he got suspended for, he can't make motions about it on national television with Adam Silver and the rest of the world watching. Like, it's just crazy. He, he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to, you know, be completely in remorse, but he cannot flaunt it against these people who are will continue to hammer him because otherwise sponsors are going to come down on them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird thing to poke that bear. Um, I guess I would wonder, what, like, why you'd want to do it, like what runs through your head when you're doing something like that. And it's also like the, the suspension was completely warranted. And as far as the NBA understanding, you know, not even just sponsorship dollars, but like the value of these players as role models for kids. Um, I mean, that's been a big you know push for these. And a lot of these guys are really good about being in the community and understanding that role. And like, it wasn't like it was like a questionable suspension. Like he was doing very dumb, shady stuff off the court. And it wasn't, you know, like a flagrant foul where he punched somebody and he was pushed a lot. And there's like a self-defense argument. And then he, you know, sort of poked fun at the league for being too harsh on them. Like he, he made a mistake. He got suspended. He did it again. He got suspended. Like this isn't something that you rub in the face of the league when yeah. you clearly were like in the wrong dude. Yeah. Um, so, right, so keep going past the Grizzlies. I just, I, I can't be long on their future despite the four wins just because I mean, forget all the other ways that he can get hurt. Like he tries to dunk on everybody and he's going to get bridged and he can get injured on any given drive down the lane. But I'm just not convinced that he's going to finish the season given what he's doing. And as a result, the four wins are nice, but I can't say that there's going to be, you know, four wins in April or four wins in May that follow. Yeah. But who else you got? What are are the other? Well, I got got two here. One, I'm very surprised by this Rockets team. I did not think Fred Van Vliet and um, Dylan Brooks were going to turn this franchise around. But here they are with a positive point differential in the playoff mix. And then your your Timberwolves, Toby's Timberwolves. Uh, I are they for real? Are they gonna? Can they do in the? Are they a regular season machine, or are they gonna be able to do it in the playoffs? Toby, the floor is yours because I have no idea. Uh, well, I can't wait um, to bet them tomorrow against the Mavericks. It's gonna come up very soon in the picks that we're going to give out. Uh, I don't know if they can do this in in May and June. I mean, I think that. They have played a different game than the rest of the league, obviously. I'm not making any points I haven't made and others haven't made already. Going super big, going defense first, uh, doing things a little bit against the grain when we're seeing all the threes rain down on everybody and they suddenly started getting size. But now they forced a reaction from the rest of the league. Like The rest of the league now has to try to find size to compete with them. So it's really interesting, the, re- the power reversal that they created uh, with that Gobert trade. 
Now, when the rest of the league tightens up on the defensive end and like they're playing as hard as they can in, in May and June and, and things like that, just like the Timberwolves are in the regular season, then the gap between them and the rest of the league will shrink. But that gap, like it could shrink, but they still have something they do extraordinarily well. Like you sometimes talk about this in the NFL. What's the single best unit? Is it, you know, Miami's offense or is it Cleveland's defense or is it the 49ers? Everything like you can focus on like one thing that one team does well. The Timberwolves do this one thing better than anybody else, even when everybody else tries. So will that be enough? To carry them to a title. I mean, we haven't really seen it since like the 04 Pistons, uh, somebody who really was able to ride something that hardcore into an unexpected win. But uh, in the regular season, when they still have that gap, where they still have the difference between them and their opponent, I love betting them in the regular season. I just am not playing their title odds. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of remind me of the Grizzlies teams with Conley, Gasol, and Randolph, right? Where the league was... Who didn't win a title? Yeah, well, they didn't. But I'm saying, but, but but again, I think the bar for them to win a title was you know high, given the rest of the talent around those three. Um, but I, I I just kind of link them to that because that was a team that was clearly zigging when everybody else was zagging, right? Yeah. Like that that they were along at a time where stretch fours were like in vogue. Like that was the thing as you were getting your shooters. I think like Steve Novak was like having career years for the Knicks around that time. Um, and, you know, here they were, like, these two post-behemoths, um, you know, playing, like, old-school kind of high-low basketball. And, you know, they they pushed the, some teams to the limit. And and they were unapologetic about their way to play. And that that's kind of the thing to me that I'm curious to see in the playoffs with the Timberwolves is, like, are they going to rock with this group and just be like, hey – this is how we play that got us here. Kind of how the Pacers did when they pushed the heat with, with Hibbert. You know, there were chances where they could have went small. They could have went small with David West at the five. The Grizzlies could have just rotated Gasol and ran off at the five and went small and matched up with teams. Or are the Timberwolves going to kind of like succumb to that pressure and then start playing smaller in the playoffs and get away from the thing that helped them win the regular season? Or are yeah. they going to be like, you know what? Gobert got us here. We are going to live and die by him in the playoffs. We may die, but we're going to we're going to at least roll with what got us here. Yeah. Well, the Timberwolves are a great example of something that I've been thinking a lot about recently, Brett, especially preparing for today's show. Because usually when I'm preparing for the show, it's like I'm looking at NBA, I'm looking at the NFL, I'm looking at college, I'm looking at NHL. Like I don't get like deep down into one sport, but doing the format we're doing this week just made me really focus on NBA and really look through the stats and think about things. And uh, what I pulled out from that experiment, maybe this is talked about all the time. I apologize if this is like uh, something that talking heads are all over. But I think we're fully, fully now seeing the pendulum swing from the player empowerment era. And so we had all this, we had LeBron, we had Durant, we had all these people like that were leading the player empowerment era. It still gets a lot of press. It still gets a lot of pub. It still gets a lot of the airtime on this network and other networks. Like who's going to be the next guy to move? Who's unhappy? Who's going to force a trade? Because that's fun to talk about. Player movement is fun to talk about. Trades are fun to talk about. We talk about it all the time on Covered in Glory. It's probably why soccer is my favorite sport. It's because everybody can go anywhere at any time. It's kind of chaos, and, and I enjoy it. But right now, if you look at the standings, Timberwolves, Nuggets, Thunder. I mean, the Clippers are not an example. They have plenty of player power on there. But Mavericks, Kings in the on the... Western Conference, Eastern Conference, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Magic. These are all guys whose core are homegrown. They're all homegrown cores. Like the Celtics drafted Tatum and um, 
and Brown. The Bucks obviously drafted Giannis. 76ers drafted Embiid. The Magic have drafted basically their whole roster, it feels like. And so same with the Thunders. Uh, besides Gobert, same with the Timberwolves. Nuggets, obviously, Jokic and Murray are homegrown. Last few MVPs are all dominated by guys who are drafted by their teams. Luka was drafted by his team, and he's entering the MVP conversation this year. And so are we just seeing a pendulum swing from that player empowerment era? These teams that could not sign big free agents, that weren't getting guys that were angry, that weren't getting people to move and therefore slipped down in the standings and then had good front offices that made all these smart uh, asset accumulations and made excellent draft picks. Now they're far up on the upswing right now. And so is that going to remain like, or are is the league going to see a bunch of non marquee cities run off MVPs and titles for a long time, or is it actually a pendulum now that we've seen this starting to work throughout the league and that NBA and that, uh, the Lakers, I mean, the Lakers are still good this year, but after LeBron finally retires, like their future is uncertain. But teams like the Lakers or the Knicks or whatever, are they, are they, I mean, the Heat are another team that have uh, thrived doing this. Are they going to be able to go get superstars? Are we going to see consolidation from those teams into these marquee cities? And then suddenly it'll swing back the other way and we'll be right back to the time of player empowerment. So I don't know what the answer is, but looking through the standings, looking through the stats, looking through everything, it's so clear right now that the league is dominating dominated not by the player empowerment movement but by the teams that um that didn't benefit from that era and are now seeping the rewards from good work that was done during that time well i mean i think you kind of uh, forgot to even mention the the classic downfall scenario of the brooklyn nets right sean marks and kenny atkinson take over this team that's you know bottomed out completely uh atkinson i think in two or three years has been a, a surprising playoff run and then they sell their souls to the stars right you know then they, they they try to bring in they clear out cap space you know they're bringing in katie and Kyrie, and then obviously all the things that happen in Kyrie with in brooklyn um you know that is the classic case scenario of a franchise selling out and and that that to me is a, a more interesting story i don't i think it's more about because of what you have to do to placate some of these league stars, you are sort of like making a deal with the devil. Sometimes I'm not saying all the stars are asking for big things or asking for their people to be involved in, you know, front office roles or have access to certain things, but you definitely are giving up a lot to the big time players. And that definitely has a trickle down effect in in terms of how the entire organization then functions when you are basically kind of handing the keys to a single individual who holds your fate in their hands. Um, And I think part of the thing that maybe these teams are stumbling on is not so much that you, you know, can't, can't and shouldn't try and sign as many star players as you can. You have to be very careful to get the right one. And when you hear of like reports about Jokic and when you hear reports about Steph Curry, like universally, everybody talks about what great teammates they are, what team first guys they are. Like those are the right type of superstars that you should be okay with tying your franchise fate to. There are other players like maybe an aforementioned Kyrie Irving type that you should probably not be just going to and trying to tie your franchise fate to just because they're talented and they can go get you points and they have significant upside. And I think that is where you have kind of seen the disconnect and the the player empowerment thing is that some franchises I think are always still going to be like that, uh, that guy's talented. I have to sign him. 
you know, versus just being like, hey, we got a good thing going here. We have a a good collection of players. These guys aren't going to ask out. We can add to this. We're not going to have to sign other guys that they like. We're not going to have to completely cut our cap room just to sign like a second superstar to run with this guy and then hope we can like land an undrafted free agent that can like make our starting five work. Um, I think there that's kind of where this is maybe I'm hopeful that this is pushing towards is it's like, don't empower people that you wouldn't trust to like run a seven 11 with the fate of your multi-million dollar or billion dollar franchise. Yeah. And it's, it's also interesting that these marquee franchises that have done this for so well, it's only the Celtics that are in a position to continue to do it right now. Really? Like the, the warriors are still built around Curry, but what Curry's what 35, 36. Like, yeah. I don't know if you're a 23, 24 year old disgruntled star, if that's who you want to hit your wagon to when he's not going to have that long of a run there. I mean, maybe if this gets back to like fully like snow globe again, just it's a different league every year. And you're only signing up to play with Curry for a year. Cause then you'll force a trade again. Um, maybe, but then LeBron, I've already mentioned with the Lakers, like the Lakers don't have much to build around after he's gone. AD, I don't think is going to be the centerpiece of a championship as he ages. And the Knicks, uh, I mean, Randall and Brunson are, are fine players, but like, are you really, if you're Giannis, you're like, oh, I got to go run with those guys. Like, I just don't, I don't see it. Chicago's a complete mess. You do have the heat. I mean, the heat have heat culture and, but Jimmy Buckets is getting up there in years as well. So I think, I think the other interesting thing, Brent, and then we should really move to the picks. I think the economics of all this are shifting dramatically. So like the uh, new TV rights that are about to come up, I mean, we're going to see, we're already starting to see it with like the Jalen Brown contract and some other contracts. We're going to see the max slots be like 70, $80 million. Like they're going to be outrageous. We're going to have a lot of guys in this league making over $50 million a year. And when that happens, Wow, a natural side effect of that versus previous eras is endorsement money isn't anywhere near the percentage of your contract that it wasn't like the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. And if endorsement money isn't you know as important to these guys as they're clearing 70, I mean, like a $5 million endorsement deal doesn't have as big an impact at that point. Not to say that it doesn't have zero impact, it's just having much on a percentage basis. Why do you have to live in L.A.? Why do you have to live in New York? Like that was always the argument. It was always the Madison Adam Avenue argument that you go to these big cities because it gives you better media exposure and therefore you make more money off the court. But they're now going to make so much like generational wealth almost every game on the court <laughs> that that doesn't matter. And so play in OKC, play in Minnesota, play in Denver, play wherever you want. I mean, like, yes, it's still nice to live in Miami. It's still nice to live in uh, California. It's still nice, nice to live in New York. But in terms of the economic impact, that's gone. And that's that's gone, and it's going to sail either farther out into the horizon once these media rights deals get signed. Yeah, I mean, that's a very valid point. I mean, and, and like you did say, I mean, people are still would rather live in like L.A. than Oklahoma City. Apologies to any <laughs> Oklahoma City residents listening to this podcast, but at least in, from the chair I'm sitting in, uh, I would rather do that. I mean, I'm, I'm originally from just outside of Milwaukee, and I very much would enjoy rather living in L.A. than Milwaukee. But you are 100% right over the fact that like, the and I would also just argue too that the way that we consume media is different now. You can be a big time player in OKC, and with the way social media is and the way that we kind of consume players and people and these smaller sound bites with within social media, like you don't need to go to LA 
to like have a huge media presence anymore. You can have a huge media presence in like the Northwest Territory of Canada at this point with the way that we can kind of can consume media. So yeah. um, I think those are all factors that that do it. And and one other thing I think too, when you're talking about the team building aspect of going after these stars and, and the contracts and stuff is part of the reason that I think we're seeing a shift as well. And this is, I'll, I'll end here because we could go on forever about this, um, is that I think with the way that the sophistication of, of analytics pushing optimal decision-making, uh, with the way that we're just getting smarter and sharper people coaching and, and in the front office and most sports typically evolve for the better, the NBA has kind of stopped being the strong link sport uh, where you could just have a superstar that was better than the other superstar and it didn't really matter what your you know tactics were, your strategy was, or who your bench was. But nowadays... Yeah. Things are so sophisticated and teams are so smart and, and coaches are so good about this. And I think about guys like Rick Carlisle and, and uh, Mike D'Antoni when he was coaching was so good about this. If you have a weak player on the court, if your ninth man or your eighth man can't shoot, can't defend, they are getting picked on. They are getting left off of rotations. You have to have an eight or nine man rotation of guys that do not cost you points when they're on the floor. That is a yeah. must. And it didn't used to be that way. You could get away in the 90s, in the early 2000s with these broken rotations, with these guys that had skill sets that weren't valuable because teams weren't optimizing their strategy to do that. And I think ever since, you know, kind of Popovich was always the start of this, like he would just completely abandon Tony Allen in those Grizzly series. Do you remember that? In like oh, yeah. the early 2010s, like Tony Allen would just sit in the corner and Pop would have his defender just be like, that guy's just basically not in the corner, <laughs> you know? Yep. And that's and that's kind of moved up to like Mike Budenholzer was really good about shifting the strategy to where he wouldn't rotate um, off guys that were below the break. So in the corner, because the corner three is more valuable shot than the above the break three. Like that is where we're at as a, as a league right now, that type of thought is going into game plans and strategies in the playoffs. So you can't have weak links anymore. You just can't. And yeah. so I think part of the, the reason we're also seeing these teams that are maybe around one superstar and not a collection anymore is because of that as well. Yeah, completely agree. It's a great point. All right, well, uh, we'll have you back on closer to the playoffs, obviously. I'm sure several times we'll talk more hoops then. But we've made everybody wait long enough. Let's get to our picks right after this break. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full the word Omaha and the word full and then you place your first bet up to $1,250 if you win great if you keep those winnings but if you lose you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet 21 and over only offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona Colorado Illinois Indiana Iowa Kansas Louisiana Massachusetts Maryland Michigan New Jersey New York Ohio Pennsylvania Tennessee Virginia West Virginia and Wyoming new users and first $10 plus wager only must register with eligible promo code bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss maximum bonus bet $1,250 bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt tier credits and reward credits will be added to account 
down within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, we are back. And Brett, I am going to lead off today after giving you honors yesterday since we don't have a score yet. I'm leading off because we've already brought them up. You've already called them my boys, and I'm going to continue to ride them. I am taking the Timberwolves against the spread tomorrow night on Thursday night against the Mavericks, and I am taking this blind because it doesn't ha- it hasn't been posted yet, and I do not care. Not only do I think they are a dominant regular season team, not only do I think Edwards is going to relish in the challenge of trying to slow down Luka uh, when Luka's getting all this buzz coming off his big Christmas Day game, it feels like a schedule loss to be for Dallas. Like, they're going to be on the back end end of a of a back-to-back and it's going to be three and four days after they gave max effort on christmas i think this is the game where the wheels come off and i would have taken them against any team in the league i would have i'm sorry i would have gone against the mavericks given those factors against any team in the league but the fact that they're drawing my wolves made this too good to ignore i don't care they don't have a number i don't care what the number is the wolves are going to cover it yeah uh i kind of want to i i've debated but i I wanted to tail this. There's a bet you have that I like better that's coming up here. But, you know, the other thing is like Kyrie's out tonight and Luke is questionable tonight. Um, So there's a chance like there's a chance that like that game, that money line that you're going to take is going to be uh, minus at least one, if not two of the or sorry, that spread that you're going to take is going to be a minus at least one, if not two of the Maverick superstars. Uh, which makes me very curious how they're going to manufacture points, especially when one of those two would might be off the floor. Um, yep. So I really wanted to tell that, but I like there's a there's another one that you have coming up that I like just a smidge better, but that's a really good bet. Um, All right, my, give me your hard pick. Give me your good bet. 
my uh, I don't know if this is a good bet. I'm crossing my fingers. It is. I want to beat you. Uh, so I get the the two to one series lead here. Um, but mine is going to be DeAnthony Melton under 12 and a half points plus 120 against Orlando. Um, reasoning behind this one, it, it, the reason it, it kind of fell into my heart pick is like I just noticed that because Embiid came out, uh, Melton played a ton of minutes, took a ton of shots, but he's playing the Heat. And I just my my heart my gut says like that matchup against the Heat is a lot different than a taller Magic team that's got yeah. Carter and Bonchero and Wagner. Like I just don't think that they're going to be able to go small, which is part of the reason why I think Melton played a ton of minutes. Like I think the Sixers are going to have to uh, reshape how their rotation works this game. So that's just kind of my gut feeling. I, I I don't know. Like I'm not in the Sixers coaching staff, so I have no idea. But my heart pick says he's just not going to be get away with playing Melton uh, 20, 29 minutes again tonight with them beat out. So I'm kind of taking the under on that because if he doesn't stack up the minutes, he's not going to get to those points. Yeah, and I'm all over the magic uh, tonight. So another one that we'll get to later in the show. So I would be behind any sort of Sixers unders uh, and Melton unders feel particularly juicy because what has that guy done to make me think he's going to go over? I am going to listen to the rest of your bets, though, before I, I make a decision. Uh, on head, Brett, I am going with a Chet bet. I love a good Chet bet. Go with Chet Holmgren over 1.53s <laughs> plus over two and a half steals and blocks combined. You get that all together at Caesars and you get an excellent plus 169 odds. They are going against the Knicks tonight. And uh, Chet has done extraordinarily well in the last few games. He's hit three threes and three of the last four. That steals and blocks total of two and a half. He's gone over at eight of the last ten. And then the Knicks, they have Julius Randle, who is exactly dumb enough to challenge him over and over again. He could get three blocks on one possession against Randle. And the Knicks have no one who want to extend out to the perimeter to guard him. Guys like Porzingis have absolutely had free reign to rain threes on them so far this year. Chet fits in that mold. I think he's going to go well over the two threes. And at that point, I just have the defensive numbers, and I feel great that I'm getting plus 169 on the combination. All I know is that if I had to create a Mount Rushmore for you, based off like the last year of your bets, be Martin Odegaard, for sure. Mm -hmm, we talked about this yesterday. Yep. Chet Holmgren, I'm putting him up here there now. Uh, and then the the one who's the baseball? I can't. My memory's so bad. The baseball guy that you bet is under Perdermo. Oh, Perdermo. Perdermo. Yeah, <laughs> that would be your third member. We don't have a fourth quite yet. Uh, but uh, but I we, I have three solid faces on your Mount Rushmore like that. I think are inarguable at this point. And Chet sure. is that Chet, Chet has now made a, an official statement that he is the third member of your Mount Rushmore. But, but Brett, tell the people when I do lock in on one guy and I follow his lines and then I throw them out on the show, I do extraordinarily well. Oh yeah. Martin Odegaard shot on target has made you a ton of money. I'm not, that, that is not part of this. I'm just saying that, that you definitely have some guys over the last year that you have yeah. locked in on to make money. Perdermo made you a ton of money towards the end of baseball. Yeah, Marcus Rashford, anytime goal scorer yeah. coming off the World Cup last year, yeah. still dotted out on that one. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, uh, trust me, people, when he locks in on somebody, it's usually a good idea to follow it. But I'm just simply stating that you definitely have some guys now that are on your very clearly on your Mount Rushmore of bets. Um, yeah. my, mine is going to be, uh, 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 a little bit different than that. I'm, I'm not going with uh, any favorite of mine here, but I, I got KD, uh, under 5.5 assist against Houston. That's minus minus one thirty. Um, that's my, going to be the head pick just because these two teams do not play fast at all. Um, and I have a feeling with KD and Booker at the controls, the sun's pace might be a little bit slower. I also think that KD and, and book 
being a two-headed monster means that they're going to have to do focus more on creating offense for themselves. Um, then they are going to be the willingness to kind of move the ball around. And also Houston's a good defensive team. And, and uh, KD's probably going to get the Dylan Brooks matchup if he plays tonight, which he, it looks like he will. Um, so uh, the under five and a half assists when those two are going to have to probably combine for 70-something points for them to win just seems like a lot. And when he clears that number, he like – barely clears it he's gotten a six a couple times and seven over the last 10 or so games um but he has most of the time he's missed that mark so i'm feeling pretty good about that one i was so disappointed in kd on christmas i needed him to get to 25 to close out a parlay for me and for him to put up like that lackluster of an effort and i think he had 40 plus minutes that night too like it was shocking that he didn't get anywhere near that total and like the one thing i you i think we all know about kd is he seems to be extremely online and with all the like talk recently about whether he's upset or whether he's disgruntled or things like that, I can also just see him tonight just saying, all right, you guys thinking I'm not happy here? Watch, I'm going to get 50 assists. I'm passing every time I'm getting my teammates involved to let them know how much I love playing with them just to respond to the haters online. So I'm saying clear of this, even if all of your like your, your spreadsheet says we should bet it, just because of the off-the-court stuff, I am staying away. Um, uh, that's totally fair, man. You never know what's going inside of players mental here. So I, I totally get that one. And right, I, you so know the, how much I trust in my spreadsheets, Toby. Yeah, I do know that. That's why you do so well. So on the heater side, I am playing two team money lines in every sport that we cover this week. And I have fixated on a, I think a great one tonight. I am taking the Raptors and the magic at plus one thirty eight. And the reasons are uh, very, very clear here. The Raptors are playing the wizards who are maybe the biggest beneficiary in the entire league of the Pistons losing streak. Everyone's paying attention to the Pistons at, at 27 straight losses. The, the Wizards are winning twice a month. Uh, so I don't know how much better twice a month is than losing 27 straight. I think they have five wins while the Pistons have two wins, and they have been able to duck under the radar as a result of all the Pistons hate that is out there. Uh, I think the Raptors will continue to extend that misery. There's no reason I think the Wizards should win this game. As I said, it's a twice a month event. Like it's like betting on a full moon. Uh, most of the times it ain't going to be in the sky. And so on the other side of this, I'm going to take the Magic, who are great uh, examples of what we were talking about in the opening about the pendulum swing. They are they are young, they are active, they are hungry, they are playing well, and they are one of the best teams in the entire league against the spread this year. They've uh, covered the spread at 69%. Nobody gives them any love, but they just keep hitting that number time after time. I'm taking them on the money line, but it's only a two-point uh, spread tonight, so the money line and the spread are very tight. And the Sixers don't have Embiid. And so if the Sixers are going to have to play without Embiid, who's already been ruled out. That hurt me a lot on Christmas Day since I had the Sixers money line. I had to bet it way in advance on last week's show. I don't – they're obviously – it's the dumbest thing to even say out loud. They're obviously not the same team without the rating MVP and the guy who's, um, you know, definitely has good odds to repeat this year. And I just think the Magic have way too much talent on that floor, have way too much size and way too much activity that they can throw at Maxi and everybody else. Too much Tobias Harris for the Sixers. Love the money line there. 138 seems like a steal of a combination. Yeah, I mean, I it's another bet that I liked. Uh, I just, the, the Raptors, man. Just don't do it for me, and I can't. I can never trust betting them at this point. But uh, it, it, the logic is definitely there. I totally see why you do that. I just one of the reasons that I couldn't feel that or, or tell that one in particular is I just I couldn't even trust Toronto to get it done even against Washington. But uh, fair enough. 
my my uh my heater pick uh i've been doing under second half unders here um so this one's going to be the Cavs under a 55.5 team total in the second half against dallas at minus 105 um i think the logic for this one's going to be pretty straightforward uh darius garland is out karis lavert might be out donovan mitchell is sick and might not play um so this game might not only be a blowout uh, but you're going to get some really inferior players for a Cavs team that doesn't actually play all that fast. I think they're 24th in, in pace by per, per NBA.com. Um, so this is a team, a game that might not have a lot of possessions. Uh, there's no Kyrie to kind of push the tempo a little bit when Luca's out. So the Mavs are going to be playing slow. The Cavs already do play slow. And the, there's a lot of people missing from this game. So I'm feeling pretty good about the under 55 and a half. Cause I, I don't see them getting above 110 in the game. So that means that one of those halves, they'd have to go over it. And I'm picking that it's the second that they don't. Yeah. Uh, overs make friends. Unders make money. I like that under because I am playing a, I'm playing a under in the same game on my cred pick, Brett. And you already mentioned him. It's unclear if he's going to play, but they posted the line. So I'm going to get my money down. Donovan Mitchell under six and a half assists minus 121 at Caesars as of the time of taping. Uh, so he's missed the last three games with some mysterious illness that we don't know if he's going to play tonight or not, but there's some signs that he's, he's, he is going to strap him up tonight. And if he does, you've already said it. Like, who's he passing to? The likely lineup for the Cavs tonight is Donovan Mitchell, Max Strauss, Isaac Okoro, Dean Wade, and Jared Allen. He's going to take 70 shots if he plays. He's going full Kobe, like, in his last game. He's going out with – he's going to have to ice both elbows. He'll probably shoot more with his left hand than Jared Allen will shoot with his right tonight. He is going to take all the shots. And so unders on assists seem obvious. And that's before you even factor in how few times he hits this number normally. Like he's missed this number in 14 of the last 15 games. He's missed it 86% of games overall this season. He missed it 84% of games last season. He's trying to get out of Cleveland. He ain't doing it by passing the ball. It is going to be shot, 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 shot. Or it's going to be on the bench because he's sick and he's only going to play 24 minutes. Love this bet. Wish I could put all my units on it. Alas, I am limited to two. Uh, well, it's pretty clear by the process of elimination which one I'm tailing, and it's this one. Um, <laughs> mostly because you're right. Uh, I think especially if Levert doesn't play and it's just Mitchell going solo, uh, he's going to need to and want to score. That is kind of, you know, he is not a distributor. Um, the ironic thing is, and I like all those guys in a supporting cast, believe me, uh, Mad Max and, and Dean Wade, I actually tried to get agent friends to sign those guys even a full year before they came out. Um, but this is not Mitchell's DNA. He is a scorer first and foremost, and that team is going to probably need him to go get 40 or 50 tonight if they're going to win. Um, and he just isn't, he isn't a guy to naturally spread the ball around. And, and the fact that this could be a blowout because of the, the Cavs depleted depth here um, also plays great into this bet, right? You know, if this game is over by the oh, end yeah. of the third quarter and Mitchell doesn't get his fourth quarter minutes, you're definitely going to clear this. I would assume. Um so I, I couldn't tail this one fast enough. It's a it's a great bet. Plus, it's a cred bet. You got to tail the cred bet. That's where I think that's where the the best tails have been, right? Or the best bets have been at least. Uh, not when they're tailing my cred bet because my cred bet hasn't been great this year. You tail my heater though. Oh, the tail and the money. heater. That was the one. All right, the yeah. heater was the one. But I, I trust this cred bet. Toby's turning it around. I'm that's tailing right. it. What do you got? Um, so for my cred bet here. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I always hate, you know, I never want to be that guy that, you know, talks down about players that are doing really well, especially if they're good guys. I'm always happy to see him success, but I have no freaking idea 
what has gotten into Tyus Jones this year, Toby? Over his last 10 days, he's shooting all 64% from the field, 74% from three, and averaging almost 20 points a game. This is like a portfolio vet for me in the sense that, like, Tyus Jones is a nice player. I think he's a he's probably you know a serviceable NBA rotation guy. Uh, he is not a 64, 73, 75 line, 20 point per game scorer. And yeah. so his under is way below that at 13 and a half. But I just got to believe that variance is going to swing and hit this guy at some point. So I'm going to take his under 13 and a half points and minus 115 for two reasons. One, I think the variance is going to catch up to Tyus Jones at some point. It has to. He's not going to shoot 64% from the field and 74% from three all season. Um, and then the other part of it is the Wizards have this uh, pretty natural ability to get blown out of games. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the Raptors could very well blow him out, which means Tyus Jones minutes probably take a hit, uh, which also helps you hit the under this bet. But as you'll see coming up after our break, I We'll second guess the solar pick. So, <laughs> but I, I just have to feel, I just feel so confidently that Tyus Jones is going to have to bottom out and we're going to get some eight, nine, 10 point games as the variant swings the other way for him. Yeah. Uh, this is tough. I'm trying to pick between uh, tailing your heater pick of the Cavs second half under or Tyus Jones. I know you're kind of of two minds on Tyus Jones. I am on a singular mind, which is fade the Wizards every chance I get. If I can get an extra <laughs> unit down against my hometown team, then I am going to do so. Uh, I will tail that because I agree with you. He is not a 80-70-70 guy because that only exists in NBA Jam. And even then, when your friend sucks that you're playing against. Uh, so let's go ahead give our sponsors a little bit more love here and come back and hear the other argument of the ties the other side of the ties jones argument for your second guest express hi it's mike greenberg letting you know espn bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring the official sports book of espn has exclusive offers and markets from scott van pelt Stephen a smith and me plus many more from the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark there's no better time for sports fans sign up today new users get a bet reset up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win download espn bet today what a play must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, we are back, and I was tempted to reply to the email with your picks to see if this was a typo, but it is clear it is not. Give us your second guess express, Brett. The Tyus Jones over 13 half points because yeah. I went back and forth because I, I do think there's a thing, and I, I think I've read some research on this too as well, and I've talked to people in the data analytics community that 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 these things come in waves. There, there are definitely players that ride good variance waves. So this just might be a thing where Tyus Jones is just going to do this, and we never know when it's going to end. Uh, the reason it ended up being my cred pick and the reason I got over that that doubt was simply because of the fact that like, 
this is a this is a classic portfolio bet for me. Um, where this is coming. Tyus Jones's variant swing is coming. The seven point games are coming. You just have to figure out when it's gonna be and you don't know when, but it always makes you second guess, you know, betting two units on a guy that is clearly on freaking fire right now. There's yeah. no way you can not second guess that. But just the power of the mind kind of took over for me and, ma- and made me be like, you have to start portfolio betting this this guy. Well, don't bet both sides at minus 115. Please. Yeah, don't do no, that. don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. But just let your uh, head win out. Let your head win out. Tyus Jones is not a 64, 75, 75 shooter. So it's yeah. coming, folks. The eight-point games are coming. And Thunder covering a spread is always coming because they are the best team in the league against it right now. They are minus three tonight at minus 110. Um, as I said, they are the best in the league. They're covering it over a 70% clip. So if you want to talk about portfolio bets, just take the magic, take the thunder, uh, usually take the wolves. It doesn't really matter who they are going against. My only reason I didn't throw this in is I, I discovered that Donovan Mitchell one and that wasn't going anywhere. And I kind of like the other ones better. Uh, plus there's potential. This could be a trap game against the Knicks tonight because they just had, um, a big game against the Timberwolves last night. Uh, they're on the second end of a back-to-back, and then they got Denver coming up. So if I'm looking at the schedule and I'm on the second end of a back-to-back, and I got the Wolves in Denver, and I'm thinking about you know postseason and and trying to solidify my place not only in the rankings but also in the conversational mindset of the way people are looking at the postseason, those other games matter a lot more. Uh, and so I can see them slipping up tonight against the Knicks, and therefore did not put the cash down in this contest. I think that's a very good second guess pick because I would be second guessing it myself. But that means because it's in the second guess express, that definitely means the Thunder are living by 17 tonight. So there you go. That that is how this thing works. The bench always outscores the starters. All right, Brett, that was fun to talk hoops with you. We will be back tomorrow with a football edition, uh, both for the college football playoffs as well as the NFL. Uh, Anything you want to throw out on the NBA before we leave it behind and head over to the pigskin? Pistons, just just win, man. You just you make me feel sad inside. Just please win before the new year. Please yeah. win. Stop I'm making me you. feel sad when I see the, oh Pistons lost again. Detroit needs you. Well, they got the Lions. They're good. Actually, that's fine. Pistons, do what you need to do. <laughs> and but I mean, Kate Cunningham looked awesome last night. Wemby's clearly, you know, like a a great talent. Whether he's generation or not, like time will tell. The Wizards have none of this. Like the Wizards are so horrible and have no bright spot whatsoever. But the Pistons are, as I said earlier, sucking all the uh, the national attention their way. So you're welcome, Wizards. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with the NFL. Enjoy the NBA tonight. Enjoy all that soccer action that you got your bets down for yesterday. And we will see you tomorrow. Take care, everyone. 